0: welcome to the northeast divide podcast and thank you for joining us uh, on either your free audio app um, or um on youtube so um i'm john i'm here with anth and um, as always we are here to discuss the two biggest clubs in uh, the northeast um football scene which is newcastle united and sunland association football club so um moving on in terms of what we're going to discuss obviously we've we've been out for um, a couple of weeks uh, and due to some technical issues which we'll not bore you with too much um but we're gonna go and we've got a lot of football to talk about so actually and we've had four games between the two clubs since the last time that we spoke um we borough played sunland of course uh newcastle played luton at st james's park and then uh you played plymouth at uh, the same light and uh, we played Forest um, at the city ground and we've had no defeats out of those four games. Like what what's happening? Like we, we're turning the corner or something. Like you know, this is it's a it's a nice start, isn't it? Seventh heaven again, isn't it? We're still in
1: seventh place each.
0: For us, for us, are you yeah. back down to seventh? Because I looked the other day and you're up to sixth. Uh,
1: yes, Coventry are just above us on goal difference. I think they've scored maybe three more. So yes, right. we're in seventh heaven still so it's good. But like Beautiful. you say, no defeats happy with that.
0: Yeah. And I think some really good results. So um, did you watch either of the games, um, like either the the derby or um, the, the game against Plymouth on uh, Saturday?
1: I watched the derby. Um, yes, the derby that isn't a derby and will never be a derby <laughs> in my eyes. And I, I think I got the score prediction right at 1-1. It was an good. uncomfortable watch at times. I've seen the highlights against Plymouth which were very enjoyable especially when Bally Mumba lost possession and we scored from that that was very nice so yes um, and for your games i mean the Luton game wow unbelievable fantastic what a game and i've just i've just seen the goals for the Knotts Forest game but that's that's a that's a big win and revenge for obviously the fixture at St James's Park
0: yeah, um I think in terms of um in terms of the Luton game, I didn't feel like it was fantastic, uh, sat in the stage <laughs> and watching it. Um it was um I mean I, I can understand that a neutral um would have probably quite enjoyed that. It was end to end, there was four goals in each half. Um and we ultimately I think uh, we struggled um uh, to defend um especially at left back, which um we you know we may go into a little bit. Um but we look I think what impressed me about that game from our perspective is that we went, you know, we ended up 4-2 down and we brought it back 4-4. I think what disappointed is, is uh, I think we didn't show Luton enough respect. I
1: -hmm. think we
0: thought we were going to turn up and we were going to turn them over. And there's been a couple of games this season at St. James's where we've turned up and we haven't really performed, but we've got the results. And I think it's a a dangerous mindset to go into. Whereas if you look at our games away from home, uh, we've won four on the bounce away from home so um there was this game that we played um in the FA Cup um at the same light um and we, we managed a, a decent result in that one um after that we then had why is my mind gone blank um but obviously in that time we've also played villa away from home great result. um and and it was an excellent performance we yeah. played um we played Fulham again in the FA Cup um and went through and then of course we've um, Played City uh, sorry, not Man City. Played Nottingham Forest on Saturday. Gone, um, and again, it was it was a really important result. But I think mm-hmm. we're one of these we're a bit of a confidence team, and I think we've got to get ahead in in order to, um, to to almost kind of go. Oh, actually, we're we're on top of this, and I think mm-hmm. that's what we need to get better at. We almost need to kind of um, if things go badly, we need to kind of lift ourselves at that stage and and be confident. And we did do that um, against Luton. And, um, you know, obviously we, we managed to get back into the game. So yeah, very entertaining for the neutral, um, wasn't what we expected, but I think if you'd said to me, you can get seven points from Villa away from Luton at home. And then from Forrest away, I would have definitely taken that. And I, and I think that's the the way we've got to look at it. We can't, we can't kind of go back and say, well, you know, Luton's a team we should beat. It is, but they are, you know, but at the same time, um, if you end up in a situation where you're two goals down, and you can manage to come back from that with a point, if and Alex, who um, is on the True Faith podcast, who I sometimes obviously uh, do work with, um, he said that you know if you're bad, sometimes just draw, mm-hmm. and you know maybe that you you need to kind of pick up that point. So yeah, I think um, I think we're on a bit of a run of form now. Um, you know, we the last game we um, lost was against Man City. Um and but since then, you know, we've, we've been on a decent little run, and even that game against Man City, we played pretty well. I think performances really since um since the game at the same light have been much, much better. Um and as a result, the um the results have also got better. Um all right, and Michael Beale. He's turning the corner though, isn't he? Because I mean, so just to go over, so he's played what's that for in the league, you've played what, nine games? won four, drawn two and lost three um, and unbeaten in your last three. So, I mean, surely, surely this noise is starting to calm down a little
1: bit around um, around Sunderland now. I, I wondered how long it would take him to implement the style of play that he wants to implement with the team. I think it's starting to bear, bear, bear fruit now, fruition, whatever you want to class it as being. Yeah. Uh, an in, interesting technical change for me with regards to one player who I think's looked a yard off the pace of late, and especially against Borough when he was bypassed many times in the midfield. They were cutting through us like a butter through, through knife at times. Um, They were quicker to get the ball forward. Yeah, they, they showed a, a, a lot of announce in the midfield. It was Ekwa. Um, I don't think he had one of his greatest games against Borough, so it was interesting to see how he'd play against Plymouth on Saturday. Now, Beal pushed him in a in a slightly more advanced role. Then Neil's sitting back a little bit more. And I tell you what, I mean, the first half performance wasn't great, but second half didn't half pay dividends. And I mean, Ekwa scored a great goal. The atmosphere, by all accounts, was really good, fantastic. I think it was 41,000 plus there. And I know that he put a heartfelt post on social media about his niece. I think she's called Poppy. And the Sunderland supporters really got behind him. And I think he he, he felt quite emotional, put his sort of hand on his chest next to his heart and sort of thanked the supporters. So it's shown a more human side to him. I think that there was a sense of arrogance, maybe, that was coming through sort of post match interviews. And sometimes he was a little bit defensive, where he didn't have to be defensive, as in with his comments. I don't mean actual tactically. Yeah. (laughs) So he didn't help himself. But I think. He's coming coming across as a bit more likable now and I'm hoping that the team have turned the corner and we'll see how we get on because it's tight up there at the moment. It's really tight. But two two good results, two good results.
0: Yeah, and I think that's it. And and I said this to you the other week, if he lets the football do the talking, if he if he very much focuses on that and doesn't focus on the noise and the media and doesn't get as defensive, uh fans will get behind him and you know i hate to bring him up again but this was one of steve bruce's biggest issues is he just got too defensive he couldn't he couldn't take criticism he couldn't listen to it he couldn't believe it um and beale's got a little bit of that about him and i think that's something that maybe he needs to be more careful of and, and watch yes. out for um mm-hmm. but i think um just to kind of give you a little bit of an overview of kind of how um, opinion has changed we did a little poll uh, on our twitter page we're at northeast divide for anyone who um, is, is interested so uh, we asked Sunderland fans now six in the league well they were at the time uh, with 15 games to go how long should Beal be given so of the 57 votes uh, 7% said sack him tomorrow 1.8% uh, said until the playoffs weren't possible uh, 31.6% said let, let him go if he's not promoted and almost 60% said let him start next season
1: mm-hmm.
0: now that's a big yes. swing and it was a similar yeah. sample vote we had the last time mm-hmm. which was pretty much affirmative like nobody wanted to give him a chance so yes. now you've got almost 60% of fans are saying let him start next season which I think gives us a little bit of an idea of kind of how the mood's changed uh, on that and it's and I think We've said it before, isn't it? There's no point bringing a new manager and then not yeah. even giving him a chance from there. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really um, seem to make sense. Um, so moving on really swiftly, we're going to talk about, because we missed a little bit of this, of course, um, in terms of the immediate aftermath, probably the quietest January window um, that we've seen because most Clubs in the Premier League are shit-scared of um, breaking FFP because they're worried about how many points they're going to be deducted at the end of the season. Um, certainly restricted uh, what Newcastle could do. Um, we signed um, a lad called Alfie Harrison, um, youngster from Man City. Seems to be really highly rated. We've paid £3.5 for him. I think there's some sort of sell-on clause on there as well, if we if we were to, but seems to be very much one for the future. And then we'd already talked about it, but have you Mancure left? um yeah. and went back to um join Rafa Benitez in Spain um Sunderland activity uh we were just talking about this before we came on air um let's talk about Alex Pritchard because somehow we missed all of this what's what's your thoughts on how that situation played out because I, I must admit sitting from this end um it looked pretty shocking from uh from from his perspective didn't look great
1: it could have played out a lot better if the truth be told I think he deserved a longer contract. He wasn't offered a longer contract. He wanted a bit of financial stability. He's he's he settled at the club. Uh, he's well liked at the club. Well respected at the club. His performances on the pitch speak for themselves. So yeah, I was I was disappointed in the way he left. Uh, and I think maybe what soured it a little bit is with regards to the fact he allegedly refused to play, I don't know like I say I, I'm just going to base it on what he did for us on the pitch and, and how much he, he loved the club and I think he's when he left the club, the statement that he released sort of showed that so to me he, he deserves a lot of respect for that and I, I I respect what he's done and the club that he's gone to again, Mowbray love Mowbray um, and I hope he does a really good job at Birmingham, not too much of a good job though, I don't push us the playoffs, but I hope he does a good job. And I think Pritchard will do really well. So to me, when he when he's left, I think he deserved a little bit more respect. He deserved, I know it's against our model as such, with the age and obviously potential sell-on value, there wasn't going to be any. So, but I think he deserved a little bit more respect, and he, he deserved a little bit more. And it, it, I was sad to see him go.
0: It feels like there's just a bit of a fear there from the club, and and mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of understand it to an extent because short lefties in a massive mess because he was essentially just signing checks, and it wasn't a sustainably run club. Um, obviously, the Chuckle Brothers then came in, and <laughs> um, you know, and ultimately thinking it's going to be easy to flip, and then realised actually they needed to strip everything back to mm-hmm. to get in a situation where you can almost have that health of the the football club back, in. and it, it feels. Feels very kind of you've gone kind of very Mike Ashley, um, in a lot of ways in terms of you need to financially fix the club where it is because uh, you know it it was a mess where it was and because of that the are very stringent on kind of what they can and can't do and um and that restricts how ambitious you can be and um, I mean I sincerely hope for your sake that it isn't like a Mike Ashley esque situation mm. um, because that was the worst thing about that is that it, it didn't need to be the way that it was with us yep. um but it then became a narrative and oh well you know newcastle can't afford to do this you can't get these stadium deals you can't get better commercial revenue than sports direct for three million a year or whatever you know uh, all this bollocks that we had to hear and listen to um but i think the, the challenge you have at the minute is all the time you're a championship club it, it it is going to be really tight on the purse strings and um, they are going to have to think carefully about, you know, mm-hmm. about certain players. But um, I've just, I noticed the, um, the, the statement, I just had a quick look at it there and from Pritchard is very detailed and he, you know, he makes a good point of thanking and, and essentially being honest and saying, look, I needed some more security and yeah. and that's why I've gone. Um, and I'm trying, what I'm trying to find now is, you um, I think Sunderland tweeted out, didn't they, a couple of days before the transfer went ahead um, to say that essentially say that he wasn't going to play again for the club or yes. that he refused to refused. play for the club again. Yeah. I, if that's come from the, and I'm just double checking my source here, if that's come from the official club account, is that really on? Like, it just feels a bit like, I don't know, like, I, I, I I think there's certain things that you don't need to say in public. Yes. As a club.
1: I I, I expected better. I expected better. Thing is, what that's done is it's turned a lot of, not a lot of the supporters, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but there's a few supporters that did turn against Pritchard. Obviously, well, no one's bigger than the club, the usual. And it's sort of tainted it a little bit for him. It hasn't for me. Because, uh, like I say, we brought him in. I mean, he was a he was a fifteen million pound player once, wasn't he? So he came in. He's. I mean, people say we've we'll, we've we'll, we'll given him a chance, a platform, you know, a, a stage to sort of show his skills and assure the player that he can be and what he what he what he was basically. So yeah, but yeah, I think the club let themselves down a little bit with with regards to that statement, and that didn't really need Aaron the dirty linen in public so a bit disappointed by that
0: yeah and i mean we've had situations like that before as well i think the, the one that um springs to mind johan kabai um who um we it, were playing i think we were playing arsenal near the start of the season um and he didn't start he, he wasn't in the squad um and there was nothing really said about why but i think people put two and two together or i think arsenal wanted him and i can't remember who we were playing mm-hmm. but basically he wasn't he didn't play um here we go club communication alex pritchard i found it um and there was nothing said publicly but again right this was newcastle under the mike ashley era nothing was ever said publicly anyway um but they were they were fairly clever with it because they just they basically didn't kind of comment on it didn't release a statement or whatever else um and and essentially, it worked itself out, and he played another six months for us before um, we sold him to PSG for about twenty million. Um, and then Joe Kinnear allegedly was sacked because he didn't get enough money for Johan Gabay. um You know, not because he was a useless director of football who was um, once went to Birmingham and said that left back looks good. Um, he could be one to sign until someone pointed out that it was our left back that was on loan <laughs> yes, there. <laughs> I think... Um, so,
1: Brilliant.
0: Yeah, so Pritchard's <laughs> statement for anyone who didn't see it at the time um that Sunderland released was, on Friday morning, Alex Pritchard informed the club he was no longer available for selection and he subsequently withdrew from today's match squad. The midfielder also expressed his desire to leave for Sunderland with immediate effect. The club will be making no further comment at this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think there's a need for them to make that statement at all. I just think it feels... um it feels a bit petty, it feels a bit um cheap it, it feels like um it is very much about the p r and it's very much about the if we do this, then the the fans will understand when he leaves um but you know, I mean quite you know we were a club at the time again with really unpopular owners who <laughs> everyone knew that these players that came in that were really good were being sold the if you play here well for a year or two, you can get a move to a bigger club, and that's how the club was sold to them. Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's 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 sad the way that played out i think in terms of other um kind of transfer activity um you let me have a look so you brought in leo hell from leeds for two million
1: he surprised what? me he surprised yeah. me I'd, I'd never really heard much about him i know he was at rotherham obviously he was at celtic he's come in and again it's a shame because Huggins is out, Sirkin's out. Two fantastic fullbacks, su- superb players who are hopefully they'll come back to full fitness. And the promise that they've shown so far is in the development has been f- exceptional. And they're two naturally gifted footballers, n- not just good defensively but in attack. He had a reputation as being a bit, a bit of a, a, bit, a bit steady, steady away, nothing spectacular. He's come in and he's he's been great. He's been absolutely great, and I think he gets the club as well. He gets the club. I've watched some of his post-match interviews, and he he gets the club, and he's ingrained himself in the culture of the club already. With regards to the players, he's mixing really well. He's settled, and it's only been a couple of games. So I think he, I think he's one who, who, who might surprise us because I think when Serkin and Huggins come back, I thought maybe you know that they might get back straight in the team, but perhaps now maybe he's not. I think um,
0: it's such an important part of um, football now. I think is people getting the club it, mm-hmm. when a player comes in. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I think it is really important, and I think um, one of the thing that uh, has been said like over the last couple of years under the new regime is we've almost got like a no dickheads policy when it comes to <laughs> signing players, and um, you know there was lots of rumours about um, obviously when. Ronaldo had gone to the Saudi Pro League, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of people making that connection and saying, "Oh, you'll end up signing Ronaldo on loan and all this rubbish." And and I don't see it happening because Ronaldo's no. only really Ronaldo only really cares about one thing, and that's brand CR7, and that's yeah. it. Um, he doesn't care about the club he's playing for. He mm-hmm. he he wants to look good, um, mm-hmm. which is why he's playing in Saudi Arabia in front of about 300 people and and getting paid an absolute fortune for it. Um, yeah. so. I think that that part about getting the club and building the culture, and I think Howe's done a great job of of that at our place, is very much kind of building that good squad dynamic um, to make sure that we're doing, you know, essentially that players come in and and they're ready to hit the ground running and get on with everyone. And um, you don't really hear of any kind of huge issues uh, at the club or in the dressing room. Um, but also understanding kind of from the fans' perspective. And if I look at someone like Anthony Gordon, he's totally thrown himself into that in the last mm-hmm. 18 months. Well, just over a year, sorry. Um, he's really just thrown himself into that, and um, he appears to get it. Bruno certainly has over the last two years, and um, I think it'll be heartbreaking when he eventually goes on, inevitably, to bigger and better things. But um, it is, it's is—it's such an important element, isn't it? Of, of Especially our yep. clubs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which are uh, you know? People can say that every football club's the same in that way. I, I'm not sure I, I necessarily buy that. I mean, we're both. Well, certainly regards. Um, you know, we're a one city club. I'm. You know, whether Sun's a city or not officially, it is. You know, that's, that's for other people to debate. But uh, but again, um, we'll not get into it, that,
1: John. No, we'll not.
0: We'll not. We'll not. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to abuse you. Um, but. <laughs> But yeah, but I think it, it. But it goes back to that, doesn't it? It's it's you know it's that one club that you know everyone will support if they live local to it, um, in driving that and um, understanding kind of why everyone's so passionate about it and and actually the likes of Sunderland till I die help with that, don't they? Really, that 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 is a bit of an advert for for what the your fan base is about, I assume.
1: I, I just think back now to the the Rodwell. And a comment that he made that was noted on Sun until I die, which is infamous. I'm not even going to repeat it because it angers us so much.
0: Oh, you have to and, now. You can't oh, say you that. Know, and I can't, not...
1: Honestly, I'll get honestly. I'm I'm thinking positive things for series three because it's yeah. I know we're going to sort of get onto that briefly, um, and it needs to be watched basically. And I'm going to binge watch it. It's only three episodes, but you know the likes of uh, Darren Gibson when he, he's off the off the pitch antics and 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 things that. That he did, etc. I mean, the, the the culture now is completely different, and it's a much more positive one. It's not, it's not a poisonous one. I just remember a scene as well with McGeady, who I I, I love McGeady to be fair, and there was th- they were throwing snowballs about, and he accused them of being immature. So there was obviously a sort of divide there back then, and mm-hmm. now there isn't. It's just harmony both on and off the pitch. We're getting there on the pitch with regards to playing as a unit. And, yeah, I mean, you're saying about the, the transfer activity. The big one for me, obviously, he hasn't gone anywhere, and hopefully he won't, is Chris Rigg. Chris mm. Rigg, at the moment, is speculation going around that Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City are interested in him. So, Chelsea, got no chance. Bugger off, He's- Chelsea. Anyway... He's yeah, the lad so,
0: who's a, he's
1: a Geordie, isn't he, Chris Rigg? Chris Rigg? I don't I, no. I don't. Have well, I well, made
0: that up?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 a, he's a local lad, and he's he, he's obviously passionate about the club. He he gets the club. He's signed a scholarship deal, sixteen years old, and he's given a verbal agreement, allegedly, to say that he'll sign when he turns seventeen in June. But whether or not he will, or will, I think some of his family, maybe he's, it's sort of Sunderland and Newcastle possibly, but as far as I'm aware, yeah, he gets to the club. So I, I really want him to stay. And it's interesting that Bale has given given him a glowing endorsement and said that he's going to get more minutes second half of the season. He came on, on the in this, was it the 65th minute against Plymouth? So nice. he got some minutes under his belt.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I was happy to see that because... I mean, when we played against Southampton, when I look back now at that 5-0 result, I just think, look at Southampton now, how they came back at the weekend as well. Um, And he scored that header, I thought, what a play. And, you know, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. So hopefully he'll stay with us and continue his progress because I think if he does go to one of the so-called bigger clubs, that he might get sort of, he'll not get enough playing time and he'll get lost uh, amongst uh, amongst the sort of system as such down in the under-23s, ones, whatever you want to call them nowadays
0: yeah um so i have looked up he was born in heaven so it's probably a coin flip oh. as to who he, who he supports but yes. i believe his family are, are black and white um is that right i didn't yeah. I, I thought it was like yeah. a, a big
1: half and half to be fair
0: yeah well, but, but you know heaven is a bit of a coin toss like same as yes, it is it's one of them places like washington as well as the south shields you know, etc yes shields. well yeah yep. shields is, is a, another one so um but yeah i think um someone I know um, knows his family and they're they're predominantly black and white, but I think I don't think you would do that, Um, but you don't know, like Callback did it Um, it depends how whether he would want that move or, well it does, but it depends whether he'd want the move, doesn't it really? Depends Mm -hmm. whether he was, he's deep down black and white, because and the way I look at it, right, is Sunderland have traditionally had a much better academy than Newcastle for years and Mm -hmm. years and years and that is the and And that's the truth if you look at it from an impartial point of view, that's the truth so if um if you're a young player and you're you're promising talent and Sunderland offer you to play there and you're in your castle fan, you'll go to Sunderland mm-hmm. and you'll play in their academy and you'll you'll go through their system because ultimately like it's that's how you're gonna learn and you're gonna become a, a better player for it um the problem is, is that when you reach age I'll say a problem you know if the problem for Sunderland possibly some of those players reach that age and go well actually if i've got a choice to go at newcastle i'm going to take it and especially yeah. when you look at the different trajectories the um the clubs are on so mm-hmm. um it, it is you know it, it's one of those things but look, i'm not i'm not calling it now and i think the other thing to to look is look there's other clubs out there as you say if likes a man city and by munich and liverpool are out there you know newcastle is still on that journey um mm-hmm. And We're no, nowhere near that right now, but um, I, I, it's a it's an interesting angle, and obviously one that this podcast will take particular interest in,
1: mm-hmm. um, as we go. Um, you also brought in Romain Mundle as well. Yes, I didn't know too much about him. I knew he was at Tottenham, and he um, I was looking at his stats actually, and he he did well for the under twenty ones. I'm just looking at them now. So he's he played twenty four times, scored seven goals, got five assists when he was at Tottenham. So obviously, he didn't do exceptionally well in uh, in Belgium, is it? Uh, I think he made five appearances, maybe six, if that. But the rumour is we paid 1.8 million for him. So, and he yeah, came about on, 2 million, yeah. Yeah, he came on in the 69th minute. And I think that we didn't have enough time to see what he'd be like. But I think he's quite direct and he's, he's willing to take players on. And I was thinking, to have the brought him in as a replacement for Jack Clark? What can I say about Jack Clark? Again, another fantastic goal on Saturday. His stats for apparently the final third of the pitch and taking the ball, taking on players, dribbles, is exceptional, and it's the highest in the championship by a fair amount. A fair amount. I forget what the exact stats are, but he's, he, yeah, another another great goal on uh, on Saturday. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised to see see Mienda go out on loan to Hibbs. Trientus not so much because he's a central defender, Um, and I thought we were a bit light in the striker department. But Rusin, I mean, against Borough that goal, speculative effort, but it went in. Keeper didn't do ever so well, didn't cover himself in glory. But Rusin's non-stop running and and just his work rate, running the channels, sometimes a thankless task with no service, has got to be applauded. And I think he's starting to come good now. And hopefully, Beale's going to get them playing whereupon we'll get the ball to him more rather than just rely on Jack Clark or people coming in from the wing we'll get the midfield involved so at work, the second half the first half wasn't great on Saturday second half was brilliant so I don't know what he said to them Bill at half time but it worked
0: yeah um i think i think with Russon as well i think um he was a bit unlucky against us at the same light like, because as you say he got absolutely no service and he was he was running and running and running but wasn't getting there. And really, again, it goes back to that. The one thing you don't have still is a target man, really, um, which is probably what you need, but Mm -hmm. I don't think you were ever really seriously in for Kiefer Moore. um, Although that would have been an ideal sign. And is that one really the, um, the model could afford? Um, And I think that it goes back to it, but, you know, Newcastle had this issue when, you know, um, the ownership wouldn't sign rondon uh, apparently they signed him on a, a one year oh, yeah. loan deal mm-hmm. and then he was our player of the season and then we didn't sign him the following summer and um with that was when um a couple of years later because benita's left um the the uh, not the summer that bruce came in the summer after mm-hmm. that's when Callum wilson signed and it was pretty much similar terms probably maybe the wages mm-hmm. not as much but fairly similar kind of deal in terms of what you were going to spend but I would argue Callum Wilson was a better striker than uh, Rondon, don't get me wrong, but at the time you're looking at it and you're going, ah, it's a similar profile and mm-hmm. you know, we've been telling you this is what we need for a while. Um, and I think maybe you just need that if because ultimately you need some flexibility. If, if the way that you're trying to play and create yeah. chances isn't working, you can't keep doing that. You need something different. And if you don't have that target man, it's hard to do. But target men are not cheap. And I think ultimately that is what's going to dictate what Sunderland do in the transfer market and similar to Newcastle with PSR though very different kind of scope and and budgets and stuff um it is going to be a bit more of a chance to do that in the championship and stay financially solvent ultimately yep. without you know <laughs> without getting promoted at some point mm-hmm. so um okay I'm going to move on so um we Newcastle play Bournemouth on Saturday so last time we played Bournemouth we lost 2-0. Um Bruno Guimarães uh, had was suspended for that game. Thankfully he is available this weekend. Um you said you saw the highlights of the game against Fulham. Um how much was Bruno
1: featured in that? And and uh, not well not for I saw the not Forest uh, That's what
0: I mean Forest sorry. Yeah. Sorry
1: not yeah, not yeah. Forest goals yeah. Um yeah he's he's a vital cog in the wheel and he he's, a, he's he, he makes a difference. He's he's he, like you say he he's passionate off the pitch and on the pitch but he can back up that passion with skill he's he's a clever player he's a clever player he's he's a bit hot-headed but i think in it in in a in a good way for you is because he he, he, he winds people up and he's he's not afraid yeah. to give it back so yeah i mean some of these players that used to come from overseas they were accused of you know not having the backbone or the, the the tough streak to get them sort of you know through 90 minutes i i think he has and yeah he's sees through gritted teeth he's a great he's a great player he is
0: yeah <laughs> he is he is and um and i think he's really shown his worth um i just hope this isn't a shop window i hope that no. um I hope that he's one that um stays with us for at least another season. Um but I think there are some underlying fears that some of us have um that there is a potential that maybe in the summer someone's gonna come in and pay that release clause for him and then we're kind of powerless as to what happens after that. Um but I think yeah Bruno's integral at the minute to everything we do. We, we haven't won without him um pretty much since he joined. So that just shows you kind of how vital he is. Um but we were playing him against Forrest, he was playing almost like a more advanced role, like a number eight role. And Trippier was playing inverted fullback, so he was kind of going in and playing, holding. Him and Miley were kind of playing as a two. Um, and then if um, the other thing that Trippier was doing, he was also going out and playing, like, you know, pushed up right wing back as well. So, um, And to do that, you need to play Dan at left back. Um, mm. And that's the big talking point um, at the moment, this, this area of... Um, area of the world is Dan Byrne and should he really be starting it ahead of Tino Livramento at left back um, I mean a, you you saw the time. goal yeah you he's saw the goal time, uh, yeah well you saw the goals against Luton uh, and you mm. saw the goal um, that was the first goal that Forrest scored um, on the face of it you know can you see Dan Byrne continuing to start on this side
1: if I was a Newcastle United support I would not want to see him at left back for the foreseeable, but he, you know he, we know what his 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 favorite position is, his favorite position, and his strength, what his strengths are. But I think we've seen what his weaknesses can be the last couple of games. I mean, all credit to the fella, Big Dan Byrne, um, for playing out of position as such. You know, he he he, he did his best. Unfortunately, he he was uh yeah he's he
0: wasn't great was he i think i think we're, sorry i, I think with burn what it, what it is for me is the way that we want to play means mm-hmm. that we need someone at left back who can kind of come in as a centre half mm-hmm. now tino livramento is not going to give you that mm-hmm. tino livramento mm-hmm. will give you he'll he's solid he'll he can run the line he can attack um you know he sometimes even come on as a winger for us a couple of times this season as well Um, which tells you everything about kind of his mentality. But I mean, but Livermento can also defend, and he is he's you know, he's as I said I said it the other week, didn't I? Trippier, um it's he he, is ultimately going to replace Trippier at right back at some point. But the problem is, is that on the left hand side, if you're putting Trippier in as that inverted um you know, in that in that box, you know, in the same way that Trent or um would do that for Liverpool or Kyle Walker would do that for Man City. Um, or even John Stones at times as well does that. Um, if that's how you're gonna play a trip you need that to almost convert to a three. Now, the yeah. only other player that can do that on the left-hand side is Paul Dummett. Now, Paul Dummett is not going to usurp Dan Byrne from that starting lineup. No. and um, so I, I don't think the argument is as simple as you need to play someone else at left back. Mm-hmm. You need somebody who can do what Dan Burns doing at the minute. If that's the system you want to play, the question then is, is that the right system to play? And if you're looking at Joe Linton, but not coming back into the side until May, um, it's very difficult to argue against that because you need a little bit you know, more support in that midfield because mm-hmm. as great as he's been, Lewis Miley is not a physical presence in that midfield. Um, He's not Brilliant when it comes to tackling. He doesn't make a lot of tackles, doesn't make a lot of fouls, um, hasn't really mastered the art of the tactical foul yet. Um, and look, in some ways, I don't want him to, right? He's a generational talent. This kid is going to be incredible. Um, but at the moment he's being asked to do something and he's got to try and do it, but his strengths don't lend to that. So actually he does need a bit of support in there, and it's good to see how trying something a little bit different to get the to get the best out of that side, I suppose, and that 11. And um, so I think the, the, the Dan Byrne argument is a bit more nuanced than you don't want him playing at left back because of where he's, he's kind of needing to play at the moment. But, um, but yeah, I can understand that teams will be looking and going, right. Who's our fastest player. And we're going to play him down that side yeah. and, and see if we can mm-hmm. beat them, you know, because why wouldn't, why wouldn't you do that? I still think we win on Saturday. I still think, um, I still think we win. I, I said 3-1 um this week. So um that's what I'm going for. Um and I think um I think we'll go 3-0 up and I think Solanke will get a um a consolation for them. But uh that that's kind of where my head is on that. You've got a game tomorrow night, Valentine's night. Um you and uh Mrs. Lavelle will be sitting um taking in the football over a <laughs> um a, a dining for two um MS meal, I imagine. <laughs> The romance
1: of Huddersfield away. What a joy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um tough game, tough game. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be as straightforward as we think it's gonna be. Huddersfield are a bit of a mixed bag. They've obviously flirted with the the, the wrong end of the table. They've they've got some half decent players. I mean when you think back, they were, they were in the premiership not so long ago, or is it just my brain's not working now? It feels like lot non, lot no lot no lot not Big. long ago, sorry they came um, promoted they
0: got promoted with us yes 2017 yeah and then they stayed up that year Yes. so they went down 2019 i want to say
1: so there you go 2017 2018
0: hmm. i, I need mean, to get me years right here i think it was um yeah 2018 i think they went back down yeah
1: yes so i think that's going to be that's going to be a tough game I, I don't really know how to call that one i'm a bit unsure uh, I'm, o- I'm hoping we'll get the win. I think we could sneak at 1 0, possibly 1 0. I think it's going to be one of those affairs. I don't I, I don't think it's going to be a great spectacle, although I could be wrong. I might end up 4 3. What was your score prediction again for the Luton Town game? Was it 2 0?
0: Uh, it certainly wasn't 4 <laughs> <I know laughs> exactly. 4. Yeah, you go. I think. Yeah, well, that's it. You just look, look, sometimes you like, th- yeah, I thought it would be a kg 2 0, I think is what I said. Hmm? Um, that was it. But ah. I was definitely wrong um and i'm happy to admit that and um yeah I, I, look i think sometimes these games and i say the biggest issue i had that day is that I, I think we didn't um we kind of turned up well we didn't we didn't think they were going to turn up i think i think we just thought we could just turn up and win and mm-hmm. that didn't happen um you then play the um tony mowbray alex pritchard derby on um on the weekend Um well i think the I mean, going to they're right. an interesting side mind i, I mean if they're another bit like you lot are a bit of a coupon buster i think they're
1: they're just as bad in some ways oh most definitely i mean they've got great aspirations and you know they're going to get a lot of money invested it's it's might be a slow and cumbersome process it's not going to be a quick fix and sort of you know up to the premiership we go but i think they've got everything in place so yeah I, I can just you can just sort of write the script, can't you, if Pritchard gets a game you've got you've got the likes of ofste Sanderson in central defense who performed really well for us when we were in League one when he was i think we' going on one from Wolves, and I would have really liked to have kept him because he he's a good player, I don't think he's having the, having the greatest of season but I wouldn't put it past one of them to getting on the score sheet, and obviously is that, oh what's his name it was that? from Fulham who's was on loan? We talked about him the other week. The young striker. Oh he, yes. Yeah, I think he, might... You know, I just, I can't call that one. I really can't. I don't know. Uh,
0: what I would say, Anth, um, just to try and cheer you up a little bit. Go on then. Um, so in the last five games, yes, um, they've uh, lost three, Wood one, and drawn one. Um, not in that order. So the last two games, they lost. Um, they're also drawing nil-nil at home as we record um, against Blackburn Rovers. So um, they're they're nineteenth in the table, right? So really, mate, on paper, you should be going there and you should be getting some sort of result, um, because the they, they are still a poor side now. Look, I know obviously Mowbray is going to you know do a, a decent job there, I imagine, and yeah. and that will help slowly get them under the table. And the last club that um, that I suppose use one of players is them for that reason. Um, But they still haven't quite got it together. I mean, the last couple of results, mate, um, they lost at Sheffield Wednesday, two nil on the ninth of Feb, third of Feb. They played West Brom away, lost one nil. Prior to that, they, they were, Lost away three 0 at Leicester. I mean, obviously Leicester are going to walk the league, aren't they? Really. No. Um, but they did beat Stoke two two one away from home. They mm-hmm. beat Birmingham City in the cup replay. So they've they've got some they've got some results in there. Um, but again, it's just one of those where you just think, like, yeah, you don't know, dear, do because of. Because, and I suppose it's that football emotional thing of of it's typical sod's law that we're going to go there and they're going to turn we over because yeah. you know he used to manage with.
1: That's what normally happens with Sunderland. You can write the script. A former player who didn't exactly pull up trees can come back to Sunderland and haunt us horribly. So I've seen it that many times. It's the stuff of nightmares, recurring nightmares. So. Yeah, I think I think a, a, a not very entertaining one nil away winter huddersfield tomorrow. I think we'll, we'll, I'll be happy with that. Birmingham, I can't call it. I'll, I'm gonna, 2 2. I, okay. I think 2 2. Yeah, Desmond, two-two. a Desmond 2 2. Yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> amazing. Okay, cool. Um, and thank you very much. Um, it's been great to see you again and catch up again. And, um, look forward to uh talking to you next week uh when we will be reviewing um the games and we're going to deep dive a little bit on uh Sudland until i die uh i'm hoping this is it's as entertaining as the first two series that i watched of that program but you know we we don't know we'll have to wait and see um and then of course we'll be uh, looking forward Newcastle will be um warming up for um Arsenal away which is you know not an easy three points for us um and of course we'll be previewing um Sutherland's, um upcoming game then as well but um again thank you very much thanks for watching if you've watched on youtube thanks for listening if you've been listening to us on uh, your free podcast this has been the northeast divide thank you and goodbye